He's the first Avenger. He's two decades older than Iron Man, Spider-Man, the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and all other icons from Stan Lee's 1960s Marvel. He's one of a handful of recognizable Avengers pre-2008, and the in-universe guy among all other heroes. The dude Punisher refused to fight. But until 2011, we hadn't seen him on the big screen. There were a handful of TV movies, a poorly received animated show, but even after the Blade, X-Men, Spider-Man, Cinematic, Marvel boom, it took us a decade to get to him. We get introduced to Howard Stark after knowing his son for three years. We set up a romance that doesn't commence further for eight years. We see the iconic Marvel symbol of good, their response to Superman. But he's not invincible. He's just a kid from Brooklyn. Cinematically, sure, it's a little campy. It's a World War II movie, for God's sake but it's a near-flawless plot following two and a half straight MCU duds. It sets up what might be the biggest turn in blockbuster history when superheroes took over the box office. Without the success of Captain America, the first Avenger, would the MCU be remembered for the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2, left for the same fate as the DCEU? Would the Avengers have been made, let alone be remembered as great? Maybe that's the wrong opinion, but I can be certain of two things. It took way too long to see the most important Marvel property to be made, and Dan or Chris Evans and I grateful for second chances. Thank you for listening to The Wrong Opinion. This is Captain America the First Avenger. I've got on this week Ricky, my cousin. Uh, he knows way more about comics than I do. I pretend like I know comics. I like to get them as presents. I like collecting the cool ones, but he knows them in a way I never could. Uh, so, Ricky, when did you like first get into comics? What are your thoughts on the comic book movies, the comic comic book boom, the superhero cinematic boom? I started watching the cartoons for I was like four or five, four ish when uh, the Batman animated series started, and then Spider Man and X Men and uh, Superman and the Justice League and all of those other ones that followed all through the nineties. So I grew up watching those. I was reading comic books from that point on. Uh, my dad was into comic books, so I was reading them from a pretty young age, um, probably kindergarten. I mean, whenever as soon as I was able to read, more or less. Um, not logging hundreds of comic books, you know, per month or anything like that, but just reading them and picking them up at the pharmacy or whatever. Because they had comic racks, you know, at Walgreens or for people in our region, Martins, um, any of those, you could get them at Walmart more. And so, yeah, that's pretty much when it started. And now there's been an ebb and flow of course, over the years and for lack of money in comic shops. Now it's, I don't know, 20 some odd years, 27 something years probably of reading comics. Which movie specifically MCU movie do you think has been the best or like you were most excited to see that like had a, comic book accurate plot line um that actually had one or that i wanted to before i got to the theater let's go but i don't know if i don't know if that'll change my answer actually (laughs) so i think i was the most excited probably for spider-man just because i was but i I don't i don't know if that's true because i'd already seen several spider-man movies so i maybe i didn't i wasn't as amped up um i know so i think thor ragnarok was probably it i feel weird saying that because Thor has never been like one of my biggest favorites, but I was really excited about Ragnarok because I really liked the Ragnarok and Roll comic, the little mini story. And then the movie wound up being really fun and super rewatchable. And yeah, it had a lot of weird changes from the comics. It didn't, it didn't wind up making a difference in the story. So I would say by the time I got amped up for it, Ragnarok was probably the most excited I was and the happiest after the theater. Uh, And it's probably, I think, probably the most rewatchable movie in the MCU. Yeah, because it's like clever and funny. So you can, and it's got a nice story, but it's also like you can have it on because it's got cool action scenes. So you can just have it on in the background. Just enough seriousness to kind of keep a story going, but it's a lot of silly. So you don't get bogged down as opposed to like Dark World that was kind of just bleh. Yeah. yeah and i know you got like uh, 17 kids so it's harder for you to get to movies in for me did you have you yeah, seen love and thunder yet yeah yeah we did see that we saw it gosh i think it had already been out for like a month when we finally saw it 
I just say that because they took like the I think they had the same idea for that as Ragnarok, and then they took it like twenty yeah. times further and just made it I was, ridiculous. Like that was yeah, I was movie. way I was like super hyped to see it. Um, I think that Jason Aaron's Thor stuff is really really good. The gore story is really good in the comics, and then the the mighty Thor stuff with Jane Foster is really good, and then the movie was kind of. I felt like it had a lot of really awesome up here and really, really crappy down and not a lot in between. It was like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that was dumb. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I like silly, ridiculous, but Thor doing the splits, holding up two vehicles, like, I, that was like extra dumb. Yeah, it was a, I was going to say it a just, little too much. It was a lot too much. Yeah, it didn't. And I wouldn't care. I like over-the-top ridiculous comic books. Like Murder Falcon is one of my favorite things, and it's so ridiculous. Murder Falcon? But like, yeah, it's a great story. You should read it. Check it's it only out. a handful of issues long. There's a whole episode on the Weekly Pulls podcast where we talk about it. Actually, I think a couple. Anyway, it's like it's over-the-top on purpose, and then like Thor has never been that kind of over-the-top. So it felt like it felt like it was out of character a little bit. I don't know. But then there were some really awesome parts too, and the the stuff with Gore Christian Bale was is always awesome, and it was different than what I expected, but it was still really good. And then I don't know, I just felt like weird transitions back and forth that I just wasn't really. And I, it's my fault. I went in too excited, and it was <laughs> kind of like it's good. I'll watch it again, but okay, that's about it. It's like Sunday says, you expect disappointment, you never get disappointed. You there you go. The worst See, there, that's that's uh, and I've done that with movies before, especially like really post Spider Man three. I have taken that approach a lot more of like let's just have low expectations, yeah. uh, because Spider Man three was such a disappointment for me at the time. Actually, still, um, I'm over it, but. Uh, <laughs> It was 15 like years I saw, later, you're finally I saw it, it three times in the theater. And then by the time I was done, I was like, gosh, that, I don't know if I even like it. And uh, so now I'm like, I go in with lower expectations. But then the MCU was kind of hitting on all cylinders over and over. And it was kind of like, you, you just kind of expect it to be awesome. I don't know. Yeah. The one movie I went into with really low expe- expectations, ironically, was Avengers in 2012. I thought it was oh, going to yeah. suck. And then it like blew me away and completely changed. Oh, see, mine forever. was Guardians, the first Guardians, because that was like the least comic reading that I had done out of all the movies that had come out. Especially because they for... used they didn't use the original Guardians, right? Like they're I'm not as some, familiar, some but, like but yeah, it was like, and I'm not great with that lineup either because now it's changed so many times anyway. But they went with lesser known and really, other than the losers maybe like every comic book movie that had come out i have probably read more of than guardians of the galaxy <laughs> maybe not i'm probably might be off there but it was it's so good <laughs> and so then i was like man the lower expectations really goes better i like talking about like the whole landscape of the mcu with you because obviously you've got a different mentality but let's talk about i'm old <laughs> you're old let's talk about captain america first avenger uh, first off, just quick thoughts about that. What are your thoughts on the movie? What do you think about it um, as related to comics? Do you want to go that route? It's a smart move for Marvel. I kind of wish it had come out earlier in the MCU um, because it has that great transition for people who are like, ew, comic book movies, because it's got a very kind of noir-esque, uh, not noir, but pulp, more pulp-esque film approach. Um, presentation wise and it has the war stories and then a little bit of superhero with the alien crap kind of mixed in but in a way that older people are like oh it's a war movie and they'll see it I don't know I kind of wish that it come out sooner but no I like it and yeah I always forget like like, or not even forget I just when I first saw it or just my even my mentality going into it I always just relate it with like Iron Man 2 Incredible Hulk because it came in that same era and then in my head it's like the MCU was great with Iron Man, and then it was great with Avengers, and it just took off from there. But this movie was really good. I, I it, every time I watch it, I'm like, this movie's way better than I thought. What the heck? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. And this is, I don't know, I've probably seen it, I don't know, four times or something, three, four times. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I remember in theaters, I was like, that was really cool. And it was more, I was probably more excited that Captain America had a movie 
Well, I mean, finally. he did. Ha- he had one many, yeah, he, many, there was many like years a TV ago movie in the 70s. But uh, yeah, there was there was one that was released. They used to have it at video rental at the Martin's grocery store. And then by the time I got around to wanting, I was young and I wanted to rent it and it was gone. Anyway, turns out it was terrible. But so I was just excited that we had a like a cool Captain America movie. And then I think the second time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is better than I remember. And I feel like I always kind of like blow it off because it's like a smaller level. So I'm always like forgetting that it is actually really good. Yeah, the fact too that it doesn't really fit in with like it doesn't go with the main storyline because it is a prequel, so you don't think of it that way. But yeah, I'm gonna talk about that in the is it skippable section. But uh, you want to give away the first award for the night, the one I thought of, and I thought of this before I even actually did the rewatch. Uh, your question about what did you call it, the I am Iron Man award or whatever, or am I supposed to make up a name for it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the I am Iron Man award for the best the, single uh, line. Yeah, so that that award I I would give to not to the line but to the moment um, when he jumps on the grenade. That's not a line necessarily, but that that moment I think is like the uh, nearing self actualization of Steve as a whole and as Captain America and its pre serum and all that. But that's the to me the defining moment where he where not not him but everybody else realizes that he's captain america even before that is a person or a or a a mantle that hadn't been created yet yeah um so yeah that one i think that's a really significant moment um, so and it's the more... line and that's the moment the line you're saying the best line is get out of here go yeah i guess yeah there you go <laughs> or like I, what did you say is this a test or something i don't know yeah that that actually that was on my honorable mention because he said that twice the first time yeah. i thought it was hilarious uh when he said <laughs> is this a test yes and then yeah, again there a test. yeah, yeah I, I guess i yeah i should have done like uh i should have you did say in your notes best single line and i was kind of like not really yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or i guess maybe maybe tommy lee jones i'm not kissing you later that was i don't know <laughs> that was another good one that uh, was funny uh, i put i think this one's a little cliche but it's a cliche because it's definitely the best uh i could do this all day it's freaking iconic oh yeah obviously yeah, it was repeated in civil wars joked about end game and it was the highlight of rogers the musical in the in gifts Hawkeye. that keeps on giving gifts that keeps yeah on that giving, was yes. so stupid <laughs> you didn't like that I didn't I dislike mean, it. It's stupid on stupid purpose. If they, yeah, it would have been stupid if they put too much emphasis yeah, it's, on it. But it's, it's just stupid because it's, it's stupid on purpose, which makes it okay. Like, if somebody made that and they were like, this was a great idea for a thing people should really go watch. Yeah. But, like, it's funny because it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and silly stupid. Although, if they actually, had one of those, they actually had one of those on Broadway. Yeah, obviously, now we'd all go watch it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give away the Hawkeye Award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment uh, first of all, both I can do this all day. Both times he says that, super inspiring, makes me either want to enlist in the army or become a street fighter. One of the two. <laughs> However, when uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who becomes Modok, the little guy. Uh, when he says the sanity of the plan is of no consequence because he can do it, that was way more unexpected yes. and just as inspiring. So that, one, that one, that's a really good one. Um, and that was I was kind of like moving around doing something at that moment and it but it's still like it perked my ears up because it's such a good and like his tone is i don't know just right so you're kind of just like oh oh and it kind of yeah it sets a tone for the whole the gravity of everything it's that's a good moment yeah is that your moment then? Is that your award? Are you giving out another one? Um, yes. Let's do that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like I like that one. The whole movies, I mean, that's the best part of the MCU is when they're a little bit inspiring. That's why this award exists. But this whole movie, just in general, kind of raises the the or takes the cake, raises the cake, takes the cake, not raises the cake. Nobody raises the cakes. Yeah. All right. Next award. Ricky's up to pick. Um, let's do the Eternals Award. Okay. Could this have been a limited series? Um, yes, but not the, as I wouldn't be the same. Not as much as the Eternals should have been. <laughs> um, it was. I feel like more that the movie 
needed to happen as is. Um, but there are pieces of it that should be made into a limited series. Anything to do with most of the side characters, which obviously yes. they did with, with Carter for a little bit. They had that. But um, And obviously then Bucky wound up getting a show. Um, but having really any of the unfilled blanks, the stuff that – like what kind of annoyed me, which will come up later, is some of the little story bits that didn't really flesh out, that didn't need to flesh out, but it's just like, oh, I, I kind of want to know what happens. So, yeah, could it be a limited series? Sure. But I yes. wouldn't want the movie to go away. I'd want to keep the movie. Whereas, like, Eternals was, like, several episodes, and it seemed pretty clear-cut that, like, here's an episode, oh, here's another episode, change nothing, and just cut it into several pieces. Um I want to see Captain America stay as is and then add a limited series to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I put a very similar answer and I had the same kind of answer for Iron Man, uh, the first Iron Man, obviously, but like not in its entirety, but the middle act totally could have been a limited series of just like six episodes of the Howling Commandos. Oh, Um, yeah, I would love to see a Howling Commandos show. I think I think some people actually were wanting that many years ago. I think there was like a movement for people to ask him for that. And then yeah. having like Nick Fury, like throwback old school Nick Fury stuff. And it's like, how are you going to do that? Because mm-hmm. he's 100. And honestly, I would I would watch like a show of just kind of like you said, the second act, like where you're going into like the USO tour type thing that he's doing. And he's it's a it's a nice little quick sequence to get you through. And, you know, but some of that not to watch the stage shows, but to kind of get his day to day. I feel like that'd be a fun like three or four episode little mini thing too. I think that'd be okay. I'm changing my opinion. Actually. I think that would be a great first episode to a limited series. And then going into oh, just to kind of crack into it. Yeah. I wouldn't okay. mind seeing some of his more high school stuff too, just cause no, I think, I think he's 21 in the movie. When I don't he know gets, what they say in this movie. They might say, I, in I don't remember if they thing. said I, but in the, in a comic, he was 20, I think, when he finally was able to join the military. I think he was 20. Okay. Um, so it'd be cool to kind of see um, more of his upbringing, like Steve on the streets, kind of <laughs> like uh, almost like the origin story before the origin story. That'd be kind of cool. Just because a lot of what he was prior to being Captain America is why they picked him. So it'd be, that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, definitely want to see a Howling Commando show. That'd be sweet. Uh, I'm going to go with the the answers to questions that don't need to be asked. So originally, this question, this answer, my answer to the question, which is a question that I'm going to answer, uh, I had, was Steve a virgin until he went back in time to Peggy? Uh, but then I caught up on She-Hulk, and now it's a pointless question that got answered, like in canon. Bruce tells She-Hulk that he did lose virginity on the 1940. Uh, but as a 1943 USO tour, which then leads to another question, is he Star Lord's grandfather? Because the same actress who played uh, Quill's mom also played the little chick that uh, Steve was flirting with on the USO tour. So, so that would put, let's see. This, his mom okay, would be so, 40. By the, like Quill's mom would be 40, which doesn't seem realistic. But if she was his daughter. Yes. Still leads yeah. to this question. Because he was in the eight, she'd be over forty, right? It was like eighty four, I think. Yeah, yeah. So right about, yeah. So it's possible. Yeah, it's possible, but unlikely. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not. Obviously, like I'm gonna go with it's definitely not, but it'd be funny. <laughs> it's way funnier on meme pages than if they actually talked. Like when they mentioned that on Chiolk, Chiolk in general has been a little bit cringy. But when they when they put that in there, I was like, I don't. I have not uh, watched She-Hulk yet. Yep. Um, I would like to pick a knit if that's all right. Pick some knits. Um, yeah. Knit picking. to pick in this one. So it's not a big one. Um, I just, I get annoyed that we never really got, uh, I actually have two knits. Yeah. Um, I get annoyed that with Bucky, like he just shows up. We don't really get a lot of story. Him and Steve are trying to join. And it's like Bucky shows up and he's like, oh, did you get your orders? Yep. And I'm Sergeant Barnes now. And it's like, what? he just joined. We have no back information and he's already a sergeant, which seems odd. 
but I'm also not super great with the forties era, you know, military procedures. He probably, and I know in the, like, I don't remember if they talk about it in the movie, but I know in Bucky's actual like story, he's, he went to sniper training is all this advanced stuff. So, you know, he's earned his way up and whatever. I just get annoyed that we kind of just barely touched that. Yeah. We like small kind of see that they're friends and then he's gone. Like there's not really a lot of like heart in that relationship in this one. But that yeah. comes definitely later. And, it's, next, and I get like they kind of had to, them. you only have so much time. Uh, that's and another. People weren't big on three hour superhero movies. At yeah, that that's time, what I was going to so. say. Like if that was, if this was made now, we'd be fine having a two and a half hour, 240 movie. Yeah, nobody back then it's like care. we got to keep it about two hours, which is the issue yeah. with Justice League where they made a three hour movie into, you know, 120 minutes or whatever. The only other nit that I would pick is I thought that girl who came on to him was really annoying and weird um i don't oh, know the, why. not the not the in the montage but the one that he kisses yeah when they're yeah. like getting ready to go i think it was right before the shield testing yeah uh thing and he's like she's like oh all those wives and whatever and he's like oh you know whatever i'm just doing my thing and she's like cool let's kiss and he's like what <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of like and i think uh she was like a uniformed person which is really, I don't know, it seems very out of place for a person in that era, in that position, to make that kind of decision. However, what yeah. do I know? Well, let's be slow. People are man. weird, and, and, how, yeah, well, and how often are you going to be in front of a basically a superhero who yeah, looks the like the only Chris superhero Evans. at that point? There's not a lot of yeah. other options if you're looking for superheroes. Basically, yeah, just so- him. He's, he was the cat's pajamas. <laughs> uh, my couple nits. Uh, they the I will always pick this in any movie where it happens. But like the the perfectly timed save where Captain America is about to get shot by Red Skull, and then only then, just right at that time, his buddies come flying in. I'm like okay. Oh yeah, and it, like it and it pauses. I did think that pause was a little long, where it's like, oh, there's a thing in the wall, because he's like, you know, I don't have time to waste or whatever, which was a oh, great yeah. Red Skull moment with his whole. <laughs> I can do this all day. I'm sure you could, but I am on a tight schedule or whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> and then tight he's schedule. like, and yeah. And then like 47,000 seconds later, after they look and they realize the help is coming, he's like, ah, so am I. Yeah. If like, if, yeah. if I was a bad guy and I had a gun to the good guy's head and help started coming, just like off him right there. What, what are you waiting for? I always say that, you know, we, could, we talk all the time with like all these, like it's always the monologue type or whatever. And I feel like, the practical bad guy is just like, uh, no, I'm just going to murder you now. Yeah, and everything would be so much better. But, you know, they got all that ego and weird stuff, which I guess is why, you know, uh, the good guys stay not criminals and the criminals stay in jail. Yeah, I good suppose. guys are smarter. Uh, my other, I, I've got, it's a two-part knit to pick from the from the boot camp. Uh, like Rogers, he's this A1 rule follower, but then he doesn't get in line when his drill sergeant is yelling at him. Like when he does that, you know what I'm talking about when he goes the to the flag, thing. like he's trying to show off or whatever. But that's not really in character. But I gave it was a cool moment. So lame. It was it, it was weird because it was like he he didn't have like a like a an arrogance. It, it but it almost seemed like it, but more like just like a confidence of kind of realizing that they're all idiots. And I don't know not <laughs> what's going through his head, right? But <laughs> I think like it's tough because you're in a you're in a situation where you're supposed to do exactly what you're told and the assumption is you're going to do it's you're going to do it the way that you're told without critical thinking um which is not actually what you know whatever his sergeant was asking for he's asking to get the flag he didn't say you had to do it that certain way and the rest of them were like you know meathead jock idiot types bashing into each other trying to shimmy up a pole like idiots and then he just kind of but you're right. Like the delay, him being like late was kind of like weird. Yeah. And it like almost, yeah, it almost seemed like he was showing off. But it's then it showing kinda, off. I don't know if he was showing yeah, off, but just the fact that he didn't just get was like he was tired. Yeah. I, I, that was weird. And then it was like, it's almost like he had like a realization kind of moment and was like, oh, I'm t- tired. I think I can solve this <laughs> real quick. And yeah. Riding the truck with the pretty lady. Oh, sounds better. Uh, second, or whatever. Though. I don't know. Second, Nick comes back from what was a really cool moment when he dives on the live grenade. But see, that's stupid that he actually thought 
that the Colonel Colonel Phillips was throwing a live grenade into. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, like I would have been like, "You're lying right now." That's I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not Russia, you know, yeah. um, where like people actually die, like people dying in training is not an American military <laughs> thing. That's just there was I remember watching an episode of that. You remember the show Deadliest Warrior that was on? Yeah, I don't know what channel was on, but I watched it on Netflix anyway. And they were competing between like a U.S. special force, forces and a Russian uh, Spetsnaz. I can't remember which U.S. one. I think it was Army Rangers they were using. And their whole thing was like this. The Russian guys like, yeah, people for real like die in training. Uh, it's just part of it. And if you if you die, they just move on. And the U.S. guys like, yeah, we paid good money for those assets, and we would like for them to not die because um, it's a loss of assets. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but, like on top of morality, so, or whatever. I'm not so it is kind of weird that like pay money for. It. So I mean, you're right that like he threw a live grenade. Wouldn't somebody be like, hey, why would he do that? Isn't he like in charge of the military? Yeah. Uh, or not the military, but that group, you know, like, isn't he, isn't he like the boss? Why would he kill everybody? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then again, they all ran like little, little babies instead of being like, that's a fake grenade, obviously. Yeah. So, I'm talking about being idiots to little weenies for running away. Yeah. So he's, he's an idiot, but he's, he's got guts. <laughs> At least he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gutsy idiot. He's a selfless um, idiot. All right. I'm going to go with the Ragnarok award for character cinematic peak because everybody peaked in Ragnarok. Uh, I'm going to use this time to talk about three A-listers, um, but they didn't show up in other movies, so they don't qualify for the, for the Peak Award. But Tommy Lee Jones, Stanley Tucci, and Hugo Weaving, mm. throwing freaking fireballs out there, playing haymakers. Yeah, they are just really on good. their game in that movie. I think it might have a new award called the Stanley Tucci Award for the best one-off guy. Uh, but the Peak is definitely Peggy. She's the only character who shows up in other movies, really, other than Steve Rogers and. Yeah he doesn't peak here but she's just right. this feminist icon a legit agent who happens to be female female a bunch of around a bunch of guys um and then other than the one show that nobody really watched outside of this movie she's just the lady whose picture steve has uh, when he looks uh-huh. into when he's in spaceships and, and then she's old it. that one time yeah she's old well and her uh, her the multiverse of madness appearance was like okay that's cool it's not that it's a bad appearance. It's just not, it's not peak. This is the peak. Yeah. Actually, I completely forgot about that one. So she has more of an argument that it's not her in this movie. Proof but it's in still the I agree that Stanley Tucci is awesome. I think he's probably always awesome. I, I like Tommy Lee Jones is like perfect as a jerky old school army guy. Yeah. And Hugo Weaving. I heard somebody, this is several years ago complaining about his accent and i was like stop it was uh was i thought he i thought he was really good and i think and he even said something at one point about at some point in time he had said he didn't really want to like playing red skull or whatever um and then i think he came around probably because the money was there um but he was like he said something about how over the top the german accent was so I'm like that's that's how it's supposed to be yeah so he, he did it on World purpose War II german bad guy of course yeah and other people accents. are like so people were like picking that apart. I'm like, ah, I think you're picking the wrong thing apart. The Red Skull we see in Fendi War and Endgame, it's not Hugo Weaving. It's played by some other guy whose name I forget, who's really good at impressions. Yeah, he did a really good job. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I knew that about Infinity War. Well, Hugo Weaving never does sequels. That's the thing. Um, is that really his thing, though? He doesn't do sequels for real? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of actors like Robert Redford doesn't do sequels, but then he did for Endgame. So, I mean, they make exceptions sometimes. Yeah. Well, and he just, I saw an interview with him uh, as I was prepping for the, you know, for your show. I saw an interview with Hugo Weaving where he had said something about being willing to return. And he had previously said he was not interested at all in playing Red Skull and then kind of changed his tune. Is poorly aged CGI on the table? That is on the table. Either that or most frustrating MacGuffin, although I don't know if that one really counts. Uh, let's go with poorly aged CGI. Okay. I don't just because I, I really didn't think there's that much. I was kind of surprised. Uh, I know when I saw the movie the, the first time, I was like, man, his head looks weird on his little fake body. Um, I still think that. I thought that too, like originally. Like, I feel oh, like you're talking about Steve said. Steve said that, that yeah. still looks weird. I don't like. His I head. feel like it looks less weird than it used to to me. I know when I first saw the movie, I was like, ah, his body looks fake. 
but I also knew Chris Evans is like six foot something and thick. <laughs> so I was like, what is that? And then now, I don't know. It didn't look as bad, but I also watched half the movie on my phone. <clears throat> so that could have done it. Um, but anyway, the one particular part is when he like throws his shield towards the screen as if it's going to be a 3D effect. Yeah. Um, but it's not. So, I mean, I guess it was if you watched it in 3D. But um, my understanding from uh, I did about nine seconds worth of research, so I could be wrong, is that they did not originally film the movie for 3D and then they converted it to display in 3D, which makes some of that stuff look weird. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I thought I that part in particular looked like it looked like a the, the kickoff of a video game or something. Yeah, it, it looked cool, place. but it seemed like it'd be like in a movie intro. Yeah, like their other stuff not in which, of course, I think it is. Still. Yeah, I think that's probably why you say that because um, it is a movie. Intro but, but yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. That one seemed a little off. And obviously his weird fake body, but his fake body thing was less bad than I remember it. That was also that kind of tech wasn't really like that was one of the earlier movies that did yeah, something so like that. It's way big, better now if you look at all the, the de-aging and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. If you look it, at even that compared to like uh was it Benjamin Button a few years earlier where they did that same kind of tech that looked ugly. Creepy and weird. And then, yeah, yeah. Then you see like uh seventeen year old Robert Downey Jr. and thirty year old uh Samuel Jackson and stuff, and you're like, That's not that really doesn't look bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> that looks way better now. Could be um, worse. I the biggest one for me was the the tiny Steve. Um he looks like a bobblehead floating over a child. Yeah, yeah, it's but... like his head didn't shrink with the rest of them. There's a couple times when the green screen's a little obvious, which is, you know, it's fine. It's a superhero movie. There's green screens at all times. Yeah. But at the end, with the conversation with Cap and Fury, like, you could tell that that was on a green screen. And that didn't even have to be on a green screen. Yeah. So that just really stood out to me. It's, it was, yeah, it was like a regular thing. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. uh, Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah, some of the stuff that kind of looked obvious was kind of, I don't know, I gave it a pass because it had, like, the whole movie has like a pulp, like a pulpy vibe. Yeah. We're like, oh, this is like it's supposed to be very, you know, very 40s era. Um, that was one of my notes actually earlier was the the vibe and the like the quick cuts and the edits. But it, like, I think you sold me on it when you first even talked about like, when you first came on. Like it's like it's a vibe. It's a pulp movie. Pulp yeah, vibe, it, at least. they kind of kept it that way, which is kind of nice. But but just enough of the modern stuff that you can watch it in mix with the other movies without being totally freaked out uh so i'm gonna go to must most frustrating MacGuffin. Hmm. um i mean the task the tesseract it's the classic phase one and two MacGuffin. the yeah the super powerful thing that we don't know what it does but then eventually it becomes something else but it's only purpose in this movie is just to get the good guy and the bad guy fighting each other yep um and we've got some kind of power we don't know what makes people disappear apparently People die over it. No idea why. Classic, classic McGuffin. All the Infinity Stones are gonna win this award. Yeah, and that's I, I picked the same one. It yeah. was, but I I didn't I don't know. I mean, they used it for other stuff. They used it for the tech and different things like that. Um, that's cool, I guess. But, but it was. I mean, they used it, but it was. I I think most of the reason that it, I I'm like picking it for that. It's not because I'm actually frustrated by it, but it's because it was in. I don't know a thousand movies now even <laughs> yeah. though at the time it wasn't yeah this is the first that's what right. i what's ages the best is saying this the first infinity stone so yeah it's really it's really the first time but i'm now on my i don't know 27th time i've seen tesseract in a movie and i'm like ah yeah. uh and i think they even had it on like ages of shield at one point so it's like I can't remember, but it's like all over the place. You're like, oh my gosh, shut up about this Tesseract. And then the other Infinity Stones don't get nearly as much love. Although the uh, the ether, the yeah. reality stone, that was the worst of all. We can <laughs> save that for a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> Europe, right? Techie YTT Award. The so funniest scenes. moment. Yeah, I could do that. I think uh, funniest moment. I don't want to do the Tommy Jones kissing line because it was like, it's funny, but it's like haha cute funny yeah and it's um, kind of like super out of place too it's like the world I liked, danger like joke. it's like if yeah and her kissing him at all was kind of like yeah hey i thought we were in a hurry oh we gotta pause <laughs> he's like in a moving car going towards a plane propeller spinning and then she's like wait i just gotta kiss goes, you one last and time. then it's really slow it's not even a quick kiss it's like a slowly approaching 
slowly retracting and you're like couldn't you just like bang this out real quick you know just kiss yeah, just move one on heck and then i'll hop or on the like, plane and then we'll come you see know, you again or just don't um but whatever it's a movie so for me i i don't know i laugh really hard when i first saw it and i still laughed this time when uh what's his name hodge the the jerk from the training yeah. camp is all like being mouthy and being kind of sexist and um being a tool in general and then she's all like put your right foot forward and then she just punched him in the face <laughs> uh so and then that immediately followed by tommy lee jones is like get up and stand over there until somebody tells you what to do like that whole thing was funny yeah uh that was oh uh, and also and maybe when howard stark gets into the, what fondue is because he was that was pretty funny too yeah he's just like it's just what did he say it's just bread and cheese my man <laughs> or my friend or something like that it was yeah like that's stupid but I, I think the punch in the face is probably getting the award for me yeah i think there's not a whole lot of super funny like yeah it's not using the mcu in this movie but it's funnier than like incredible hulk which just had no humor at all but like the you mentioned the fondue Dark world when uh when he points at when steve points at peggy and uh, howard he's like do you guys uh do you fondue that's definitely a line <laughs> i've said before because of this movie um <laughs> and then uh you don't have one of those do you when a uh, red school rips off his fake mask I thought oh that, yeah that line killed me because <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was genuine concern like you don't look like that right <laughs> that the more you think about it the this to me. Uh, i'm gonna go with the captain marvel award the character that inexplicably didn't help save the world i mean he's literally the first avenger not really much place for help uh, there's nobody else out there except for the eternals and i know they have their orders but they couldn't even break their orders to stop the holocaust that's just super rude to me yeah that does that's a good point so not only did they have a almost pointless movie they were pointless at this time too. I really enjoyed that movie, but it was. I I did like movie. it. I, I make fun of it, but I I enjoyed it. But yeah, I uh I think that's a really good, that's a really good Captain Marvel award to give out. Because where the heck were they? And like you said, the Holocaust is like a huge deal, and they were just like, hey, it's cool. Yeah, just go. Keep going. We go. I'm gonna go with uh, cheesiest best fight scenes. I'm gonna do them back to back because best fight scenes I can't really narrow it down. But the whole montage of Cap and his bros cutting down just the nameless bad guys. I love yeah. those scenes when superheroes just fight the henchmen. It feels super video gamey, especially yeah. when those henchmen wear super cool outfits, super cool cool costumes. Yeah, and I thought the Hydra <laughs> costumes were really cool. But the, if I had to pick, I would go with the train scene because it finishes off that montage, so you know something big is happening. And then you know Bucky dies, and it's sad. And for cheesiest fight scene, I think all fight scenes are good. I can even pick one for cheesiest fight yeah, scene. I didn't. I thought the same thing. I didn't have. I was sitting there looking too because I had like your sheet up, and I was kind of towards the end, like when they're coming up on the kiss as he's getting ready to jump on the plane. And I was like, I don't think there's been a cheesy fight yet. Yeah, big change of pace from most of the phase one movies. There's always like that those big baddie fights, super CGI riddled fights, but nothing really in this one. All great fight scenes, top to bottom. Uh, truthfully, I think that's that's gonna be a difficult award to give out for a lot of the MCU movies because a lot of them have constant action that is pretty darn good. But a lot also very cheesy fight scenes. There's yeah, always there's, at least one or two. There's got to be some. Or something uh, you, cheesy happens in one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with what age the best or worst. Honestly, I think the whole movie ages pretty well so far. They didn't have it. It's not old enough really to get into significant changes in vernacular and uh, weird linguistic choices that we have where yeah. like this word is now, you know, this stuff is offensive. Now this stuff isn't anymore. There's not really, you don't really have any of that. It's too recent probably to run into any of that, but yeah. And I, and aging the best, I don't know. I think kind of the whole thing <laughs> That's so the pretty, best is all of it the worst is none so, of it yeah i don't know it's well like you said earlier you kind of alluded to like it's it's a pretty middle of the road movie as far as like being in a situation to offend me uh yeah. on, in general like not not offend me in real things that matter but like offend me on like a comic book level or even a film level because i'm not a film student but like it's just a straightforward this is a thing that's happening here's a pretty simple superhero or a war type story 
that goes into a superhero origin. There's a bad guy. He's like an extra level Nazi and that's it. And it's, it's not overly complex. It's not anything crazy. They didn't really do anything huge risky other than making a comic book movie in the first place. I think probably, I don't know. Cause for a minute there, I was like, maybe his suit is what I'll pick. I think like, the suit looked better than the Avengers suit, though. That's the thing. I actually wind up liking the suit. I just assumed, like, going into it, I'm like, I'll probably pick that. Like, yeah. this is before I turned it on. I'm like, yeah, looking at the questions you put in, it'll probably be the suit. And I'm like, nope, the suit looks pretty awesome. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm good with that. Yep, uh, sticking with my crappy answer. That's what I'm doing. Uh, for worse, I, I, I too put ages really well. It totally could have been released in 2022 and the CGI didn't age poorly because like this was before the, the stagecraft stuff uh, where it was yeah. just fully CGI and that was rough. I think the closest thing to aging poorly is the fact that uh, Hydra with their super powered weapons were so overly powerful. Like it was just like some scary thing because like watching it now, like we've seen weapons like that for 20 straight movies. So that's the only thing that ages poorly is that you don't really get that same vibe of now they're so overpowering to the to the allies with their little pea shooters. Um, but yeah. cinematically, it ages really well. And best is just the relationship between Steve and Peggy. Because uh, by the time Avengers comes out, we think that oh yeah, that's it's a over, good, right? That's good. Yeah, but yeah. then then she becomes this nice old lady that he, he knows, and then she dies, and it's like okay, it's over. And then we get. And then Endgame comes down. It's like, oh, time travel's a thing. And then yeah. back to it. So that uh, that age is the best. Just that, that relationship. Is, that is a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Aw. I got to have good answers. It's my What show. about and his relationship with Bucky aged pretty well? Uh, Peggy's is better, though. Yeah, well, that relationship peaks here, at least. And then Bucky and Steve's, like we were saying earlier, doesn't really, it doesn't yeah. really feel like a super close relationship. And they do have that whole, like, him trying to kill him thing that happens later. <laughs> I think it's kind of dicey. Uh, I'm going to go with the Age of Ultron Award. For this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies. I mean, there were so many callback quotes that I can do this all day with you to the end of the line. You're taking all the stupid with you that when we see him, like we see him later. So when we see him now, it's like, oh, that's when we first saw that one. That's so cool. Uh, but probably bigger is just seeing the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because we know what it is by this time. But later finding out that Howard and Peggy created it from this from this point on. Um, that's a yeah. little thing seeing, seeing this movie. Um, and then smaller age of ultron award is just seeing the vibra- vibranium i think they literally say the word vibranium once in this movie but then it becomes way more rampant as the franchise continues and that is uh that actually is a good another nitpick there um because they do mention that it's vibranium this is really petty but why does it make so much noise when it gets hit if it's yeah, not it supposed make zero to zero noise right it's like the whole point <laughs> i'm no mathematician but that doesn't sound like good stuff yeah. science wise anyway Mine for that uh, the Age of Ultron, uh, this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies. Um, I For me, yeah, Vibranium, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, I thought, I liked the all the references that Red Skull makes to all of the Thor-related stuff, you know, talking about Odin, um, even mentioning Valkyries, which I don't think he meant literally, he more meant in the general sense but of like more just figurative type talk but he was referencing all of those things and just those kind of little comments um because you kind of forget for me i kind of forget how many little things are slipped into the earlier movies some of them were obviously on purpose they knew they had some of this mapped out for years where they were going like the next five ten movies yeah but um some of it is like oh i'm glad we mentioned that in the script because now (laughs) <laughs> we're making a movie about it like there's no way that that didn't happen a few times and yeah. so it's kind of cool to just see like i i liked those little thor references and and they kind of mentioned especially with red skull talking about you know him and hitler had this whole thing about like supernatural magic whatever crap the only difference is like red skull fa- believes the fantasies are real um and then he has his little comment when the other nazi turds are in there talking to him and they're like, oh, magic this and whatever. He's like, it's science. But, you know, maybe makes his little primitive mind comment. Having it to where he like clearly understands or at least believes that all of that crazy stuff is real. And then we, a few movies later, all of that crazy stuff is real. Yeah, part of that's coming because this came, 
this came out right after Thor, so like we know a little bit about that. Yeah, but it's also knowing bit. that it's going to expand beyond that, and that was cool. Yeah, like we knew who Odin was, and yeah, um, and I remember, you know, seeing it in theater and being like, oh, they're you know, I I like crossover stuff on. I think in general, I probably like it, but with comic books, I always liked it. It was always a cool thing whenever there's an event where one thing crosses over into another book or even just references something that you've read before. And you're like, oh, yeah, cool. I read that. It was the same with the movie was, oh, he said Odin. Well, I saw that other movie. So that's cool. So for missed opportunities, you mentioned this earlier. I I got two, I guess. You mentioned earlier that you would want like a movie or something about Stephen Bucky's life as kids. I thought that would have been a great like flashback scene. Yeah, the second movie. I think that would have been way because the whole movie about that would be like you know, with, with the whole second movie, it's so centered on them anyway. That would that would have been kind of cool. By that time, also the the on body CGI tech would have been way better. So weird, oh, yeah. you know, bobblehead tiny Steve would have been as gross. <laughs> I would have loved that. Uh, and then I also really hoped that I. Back in like 2013, when they announced the sequels to uh, Thor and Captain America, I was really just convinced that Thor that they would both be like prequels, and I really thought this was my, a good prequel, um, or that would have been a good prequel to, to this one, like set in the 40s, showing up a few of his little adventures. Now I liked it I more as it was, obviously, but at the time that was a big missed yeah, opportunity I, for me. I agree with that. I think uh, I I don't want to say fully missed opportunity because all the disney plus series stuff and all the different crap they're doing but like it seems like that would be a great mini series to do but i don't know if they or i know like chris evans is like gone but not gone like i don't know hugh jackman was gone too but we all heard about that whole thing so yeah i mean (laughs) it happened actually the day we started the first day that we talked yeah i I think i found out that morning uh actually and i was like whoa wait what um but yeah, I, I feel like the exploring him and Bucky's relationship a little bit more is, uh, I would say, yeah, that's probably a missed opportunity. And again, with the Howling Commandos, like having a little bit more um, introduction for them, I think would be pretty cool. And they had, I mean, you had like the whole Nick Fury's Howling Commandos story and you have, he obviously had already been introduced. So I don't know. I feel like kind of harsh for saying that's a missed opportunity, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's a little missed opportunity. I think yeah, the, the flashback is a bigger missed opportunity. The I, I agree. The yeah, more of a maybe missed because that's like a the yeah the the prequel type back origin stuff pre story is is more significant. I yeah. think anyway. But what you just said about Chris Evans maybe coming back that leads us right into boom 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 useless trivia. <laughs> My uh, sound effect budget is it's near zero. Um, but Chris Evans, he turned down the role initially like several times just because he's got anxiety with with signing on for long contracts. Mm. Uh, so that's why he only wanted to sign for one movie and they wanted him to sign for several. Uh, and so it makes sense that he would never come back because he already didn't want to sign on for the nine movies that he did. Glad he did. But that's Robert so Dunham crazy Jr. when you say it out loud. Like, yeah, that he almost nine, was only going to be in movies. one movie maybe. But Oh, yeah, that too, then- the fact that they do... <laughs> Nick Fury that many appearances like, in 27 movies it's crazy. that's so crazy to me to like to think of as like uh, as like a fan of characters to be like holy crap Spider-Man's been like in 86 movies now and Captain America's been in you know all these characters that for me like I waited my whole childhood was hearing there'd be a Spider-Man movie and then hearing and obviously Batman already had happened but like keep hearing that stuff and then it not happening and now we have a huge catalog of movies that feature all these characters repeatedly. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're at different ages too. Like you, the MCU started like right after you were in high school, and it was for me. Iron I was came in out college. I was, yeah, that's right after high school. It came up for me like I guess right before middle school, so just different timing. So I had like my young childhood without this big expanded universe, and then I grew up with it. Whereas you had to wait for it, and then it came. It's like, oh, wow. yeah, it was like, oh, there's a Blade movie, and oh, you're yeah. not allowed to watch that. Oh, okay, cool. Punisher War Zone. Like, yeah, that was. Uh, I have that on DVD actually. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Bought it for three dollars at a Hollywood Video that was going out of business. Um, but yeah, like all of those, they were so. There was so few and far between, and like X Men happened in 2000, and I was like, oh my gosh, everything's different now, because otherwise it was like Superman, Batman, and you had like some TV shows. 
Wonder Woman show and different things that he watched, but mostly cartoons. So it's crazy where we're at now. Haley Atwell, it's Peggy, obviously. Her poking Chris Evans' chest, that was like a real reaction. Uh, they obviously like it happened and they reached <laughs> I didn't out. Know it that. It's funny. Yeah. That's but funny. Can, can you blame her? Like, look at him. I didn't know that. They're very swollen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They do a good job, like with the camera angles and stuff, to really show, like, make him look super inflated. Plus, like the contrast of just seeing him a few scenes before being like fake bobblehead person. Yeah, yeah, um, the big contrast is the biggest thing. Yeah, I can't really. And it's speak not like to... he he was in great shape before that. Like yeah. when he played Human Torch and and like in the Losers and stuff like that, he was already in great shape. But then he got extra strong looking. Yeah, I know that. I mean, people do different things to uh, to make themselves look bigger right before screen. I know, like Chris Evans likes to work out right right before he take he does a shirtless thing to make him look bigger. Yes. Then like Hugh Jackman doesn't drink water for like two days if he's doing a shirtless scene. Yeah, um, he did like he was doing like shoulder flies on set like right before the scenes because they always had Wolverine doing those big flexes, you know. Yeah, and his gets all his veins popping out of his shoulders and biceps. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Wolverine, a, a cameo. World War II cameo was in the works, and so was a young Magneto cameo. I think it was a Fastbender cameo. That, but no, a... it would have been. I think it would just been a new actor because age wise would have been a young kid. Um, but they were scrapped because of rights issues, and I'm kind of that's glad a they big did. missed opportunity to me. But really, I thought. I mean, <laughs> but well, not not because like just in general to have it, it would okay, be cool yeah. to have the connected universe. Uh, yeah. Having different actors would have made me probably feel weird. Well, it would have been uh, it, the only reason it would have been a different actor is because he would have been like eight years old you know right um there's an original human torch sighting and we're not talking about chris evans the uh (laughs) pre-fantastic four human torch was the first superhero by timely comics which was the precursor to marvel uh he cap and namor they were part of the invaders uh the the red costume at uh howard 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 starks not howard hughes not howard hughes (laughs) uh similar look in in their movies though what's that similar looks in their movies and i always thought dicaprio would have made a good howard stark so <laughs> kind of fitting um you noticed that though right the original human torch costume um i did not i don't mm. think i i don't think i i definitely didn't notice that this watch through um i was kind of in and out of the room a little bit so all right it's when they first get know. to the uh the world expo it's pretty yeah, obvious if I, you watch it again. i know the scene you're talking about i feel like i should remember that better but that's okay. pretty cool trivia. Pretty cool little piece of trivia. Yeah, a little trivia. And then sitting next to Stan Lee uh, in the Stan Lee sighting is an actor named Reb Brown. Reb Brown played Captain America in the 70s films. Fun fact. And then huh. double trivia alert, Reb Brown, the original Captain America, he was replaced at the USC starting running back position by O.J. Simpson. I knew you were going to say O.J. I was like, that's got to be O.J. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have any useless trivia? Uh, no, that's better than anything I would have come up with. Those are all um, almost entirely not known by me, I would say. There you um, go. I really thought even you that, known at least the Human Torch one. Um, I feel like I feel like I want to give myself enough credit to think I would have, but I just don't recall. You probably did like re- 10 years ago. Putting it together. Yeah. It as intently since the theaters. That could be. I definitely didn't know the Haley Atwell thing. Which makes sense because it looks so natural. That's like, oh, that's, yeah. and then yeah, the uh, the well, it wasn't Captain like when America they have when they cool. have improvised scenes in movies or shows. It's not like they do it and they just keep it. It's like yeah. she did it and then she probably broke and laughed and the director's like, do that again. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Now the big question: Can you skip it in your MCU rewatch? You can go first. No, um, you really. I I think. So some origin stories like Spider-Man, I think you can probably skip it. Once you've seen one, you're pretty much covered yeah, more or less. But with the Captain America one, as it is the only Captain America origin that's really out there in on film um, that's worth seeing. It is. Uh, I, I don't think it's skippable. Plus, it gives you a good history. Eh. And I mean, I guess if you're really in a pinch, you could say, okay, like I already know what's happening. He's frozen in ice for a bajillion years, whatever. But I just don't think that gives it really the the credit that it needs and uh, doesn't do it justice. If like, if I was going to rewatch them all with my kids, I'm like, ah, we're going to skip this one because here's what happens. Uh, Hitler's bad. Then there's Hydra. And then he's in ice for a while. Like that just, I don't know. I feel like you definitely have to watch it. Um, 
And I would feel even more strongly if they had explored his relationship with Bucky more. Yeah. But yeah, I would say it is not skippable, especially because it is part of what is probably the best trilogy in the MCU as well. That's fair. I never thought of the best trilogies, but it's gotta be the best trilogy. They're the only three that are all good. Yeah. I tried to fight it and say, no, it, it can't be. But I it's because it I, I feel like I don't give the first Avenger enough credit. Um, and Civil War, I'm always like, that's an Avengers movie. But it is technically a Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know what would beat it. But, yeah, I would say no, can't skip it. Yeah, I think there's two levels of skippable. There's, like, what you just said. Like, I'm showing it to my kids. And it's just like, I'll, you know, skip the Dark World because it's whatever. Um, and yeah. it's not that because you're gonna miss there's out some on ether a lot. and there's some elves and move along. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna miss out, out on a lot of stuff. I always order like this: like if you're going on like your fourth date with somebody, and you're going to see Avengers Endgame in theaters in two weeks, and you just got to catch her up real quick. What movies are you watching? You could totally skip this one. I think in that situation, if you're in a pinch, you can skip it just because you're introduced Maybe. to Captain America and Avengers. They they do that really well in Avengers with most characters. Yeah, that's true. Cause they're kind of introducing him to the other characters too. Yeah. So you um, could, yeah, you could probably do a safe swap um, to fill. Like if you were in a, in a pinch, um, I would counter with, if I'm going on a date with somebody and she wants to see Endgame and hasn't seen the others, I'm already going to question that <laughs> relationship and probably pass on it. Yeah. Um, I've Finally, also uh, got married this. before the era of online dating. So I don't, I don't know if I'm the best person to take modern dating advice from. <laughs> I only use this as an example because my first date was with my fiance was to Endgame and we caught up on a lot of the movies and we probably uh-huh. watched Captain America. Um, but we totally could have skipped it and she would have been still caught I think, up and not I think like, you're asking right. as far questions. As if you look at it as like, not, I'm looking at it as like whole MCU experience, but if you're mm-hmm. looking at it as, can you watch the next movies and sub something out. Yeah, you probably could survive if you just watch Avengers instead. Yeah. Um, like you, you have to probably watch, miss I think you have to watch Iron Man and you have to watch Thor because they don't really yeah. introduce Thor very well. Um, and even like in, in hindsight Avengers. too, like uh, looking back, having seen Endgame, of course, like you can skip Thor Dark World because they explain all the pertinent parts of Thor Dark World in Endgame in about two minutes. So yeah, it's you like skip you should skip Thor Dark World just on principle. Yeah, it's cool because like Endgame made made Thor Dark World a relevant movie that still exists. And you're like, okay, cool. This movie has more value now. But you could skip because you have that filler from Endgame. So yeah, in that context, I think you probably could skip Captain America. Yeah. But overall, I'm still sticking with no. So it's not skippable. Where does it rank for you? We've got Pantheon, which is obviously just, you know, top of the top. There's awesome, dig it, and skippable. And then when we rank against each other, we're only oh, going up do to right. this point. So only ranking up to Captain America. Um. Oh, as far as what you've watched in order so far. And right. you're, you're doing them for your podcast. You're doing them in release order, right? Yes. And okay. then by the time I get so, to the end, we'll have a full list. At th- Then at this stage, yeah, excluding. So what was it? When Captain America came out, it was like the fourth or fifth movie. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Okay. So if it was fifth, then I would say it is Pantheon. Okay. And that would, I, I would change that if we're looking at the whole package of all movies, but yeah, it's when you only have five to pick from and two of them were iffy. Um, <laughs> two of them were skippable. Yeah. So, so far I have, I have Iron Man as Pantheon, Thor as, uh, shoot i put that as i think i put that as awesome and then iron man 2 and incredible hulk as skippable yeah i i'm that's kind of how i feel i think um for me i'm a little bit more i guess like divided across the board with the movies to where iron man thor and captain america would all probably be pantheon for me and then uh iron man 2 would be maybe dig it on the verge of skippable or skippable on the verge of dig it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, Hulk, while I would and have watched it again, it is skippable. Yeah. With that, like, I don't even have to think about it. The only thing in it that has significant value is the end credit scene. <laughs> it's not even an uh, end credit in Hulk. That's yeah. the weirdest part about that. Watching the movie, you always expect it to be a post credit scene. And then it's, I guess, not. yeah, you're right. It's, it's not. just right at the it, end of the, it's very odd. 
it's it, and it was kind of in the early stages of how they're modeling their movies but yeah i yeah those the three big ones for me yeah captain america i put right there with thor and iron man i think iron man's better as a movie overall than, oh yeah um i really like the first thor but i also haven't watched it in a while maybe my opinion would shift but yeah that's i'm kind of like those three at this stage are pantheon and the other two are skippable <laughs> where would you put captain america in terms of the whole mcu then I feel like it would have to be top half. This is actually something I've been meaning to do for a while. And I was talking to a couple other guys who do like comics podcasts. And we were kind of just kind of BSing about what we would do. And it's so many movies. It's hard. And I've started the rewatch like two or three times with notes to sit there and rank them. And then it's like life happens and you're like, dang, this is going to take me three years to finish. Yeah. That's literally um, why I'm doing this. That's the only yeah, purpose. It is, is because like, I want to. It's, I feel like because of the movie, it's, it's got to be top half. So I would say like top 15, but there's been so many good ones. And I try to like, I don't want to overthink it and be like, well, you know, if I factor in this and I look at, well, this movie in this context without it and the whole story, blah, blah, blah. If I just look at it as what movie would I watch again? Uh, it's a little easier to rank them. And I feel like it's got to be top 15. Um, Infinity War and Endgame combine to make a higher ranked movie but infinity war by itself or endgame by itself is not to me as good as infinity war but it's still awesome interesting but leaning on fan service a lot more so it's it so that's still those two movies are so huge that they have to be in the top 15 ragnarok i think is the most rewatchable movie and uh, and probably iron man is up there it's a great one and iron man two and three are kind of meh they can go they're i still like them but they can put them especially Iron Man 2, you can put them elsewhere. And then like Civil War is top tier. Winter Soldier is way up too. So I, I think I could comfortably put First Avenger at number 12, and I'm probably close to what it would be if I really sat and thought about it. I didn't expect to put it as high. I, I thought maybe I'd put it in like the, the, the dig it category or like a, a fringe awesome. But like I was thinking about putting it in the Pantheon. Like I've never really thought of it like this, but there's not really any holes in this movie. Uh, no, you're awesome right. Acting, the plot makes sense. The fight scenes are fun. Th there's stakes that make sense. They're not like way too high stakes. Yeah. But they're like, they get you going still. So I think it's like a fringe Pantheon movie. It's like right on the edge of awesome. I think you're right. I, and I think, I think any I movie that's better, it a lot. Yeah. I think any movie that's better than this one, I'll put in the Pantheon. I think that's, this is my metric now. It's like the the John Havlicek or the, the Brett Favre of the MCU movies. Like anything that's yeah, better. Honestly, yeah. You're fighting for I, think you, I think I'm with you. I think I'm, I think I'm with you on that completely because cool. it's like, when you yeah I, I forget about it a lot because there's been so many other huge massive stakes crazy movies funnier movies better action whatever but it really is from top to bottom a really solid movie so it's uh yeah i think you're probably right that's probably like the the high-end awesome low-end pantheon marker yeah i think <laughs> so so my final ranking for the first five movies uh number one iron man that's pantheon Number two, Captain America, the first Avenger, the Edge of Awesome, Thor, I was Dig It, and then Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk. Those are both scoopable. Yeah, I would I mine would be uh, Iron Man. And then I I want to rewatch Thor now that I'm doing this um, conversation. I feel like I would rank Iron Man a in movies that I liked more, I think I would, I don't know. I really liked the first Thor because it was just, it was just funny and, and cool, but Captain America, I might rank higher than that. So, but those are my top three. And then, yeah, I would put Iron Man two above Hulk, but not by much. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> so that is the MC rewatch Captain America, the first Avenger. I'm definitely going to have Ricky back for uh, civil war because we disagree on it oh, a lot. Sick. Uh, any I other movies Civil that you're War. super into? Any uh, any of them? Uh, I guess yeah, you're into I'm, all of them, but any any that you are particular them. emotional about? Ragnarok is Ragnarok. really quite solid. I, I got to tell you, No Way Home wound up being really really good for me. There's a just lot a of lot fan of really, service, but like, yeah, but it's still there's fun. been like it's like stuff that I feel like was deserved. Um, yeah. Infinity War had some things where I was like, oh, this is awesome. Also, kind of like, man, I wish they'd have done different. I, um but some of it my opinion changed over time too um so yeah I, i'm open to any of them really cool i'll let you back up do you have anything to plug you're on the the weekly polls um yeah so i help with the weekly polls podcast what's my twitter handle at z13 
but it's like Z spelled Z E E and three like spelled out. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much on all the social platforms that if I participate on them, it's just like Ricky Z somehow is, a, is my name somewhere in there. Kind of do whatever on some random podcast doing different things. And, uh, there was some blog stuff with the Wednesday polls in there. They're really awesome. That people should check them out. Wednesday polls and weekly polls. It's not confusing at all. Thanks for listening to the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. Big thanks to Ricky for coming out. Of course, check out his stuff on the weekly polls. You can always check me out at startfacts. That's S-T-A-R-T-E facts.com. We'll be back next week with the Avengers. I'll have BJ Clark. And that will wrap up phase one. So excited to see what you guys think. Thanks for listening.